Hey guys, this is Caitlin and Adam here at Cedar Under Farm Table. So tonight we're going to talk about many things that's been going on, I guess, like with my, especially with my life and how it's affecting Adam. Um, so I recently just left my full-time job to start my own business, which is a pet sitting slash pet care business. And so we're just going to kind of talk about, I guess, the basically just how it is like starting your own business, like what it means and everything that you have to go through to start your own business. And so Adam here is kind of like, I guess, I feel like my, what would you call it? Um, consultant? Uh, business manager? I don't know. You're kind of like the, the one, I guess, like that kind of keeps everything like like keeps my head on my shoulders I guess so to say um and then when I'm not able to answer emails and you answer them sometimes I feel like before I can even get the chance to answer any of the emails that even come through since you're like an early to rise kind of person like at 5 30 in the morning kind of person that you're already answering the emails and I'm like why can't I answer my own emails and so so um I guess basically, I mean, I guess because you've had your own like little business, like your consulting business for how many years now? Nine, at least this time around. At least sometime around this time of year. Well, I mean, it was about nine years, but I mean, it's not the first time I've had the consulting business. Nine but you also helped other people to like with their own business. Right. That's what the business is. It's a small business consulting, helping people start businesses. So, um... So yeah, uh, about nine years, and yeah, I guess I, I do tend to uh, to jump in there. I'm a hey, type A person. I just uh, somebody somebody wants an answer, wants to be talked to somebody, and and uh, I know I'm calling you, and not getting an answer. I, I'm just going to reply. I'm just not going to continue to delay. And so it's just you know sometimes she's busy and just can't get to the phone and or whatever. And so uh, I want to make sure that the that people who are reaching out to us hear from us quickly. Because I know that's that's important because people are trying well, to make decisions. Well, I mean, I know it's important, but like you're, like I said, you're up at 5.30 in the morning and I'm getting up out of bed by 9, 9.30, 10 o'clock. And you've already got that email answered. And I'm like, and you're like calling me going, oh yeah, by the way, so-and-so like emailed us and <laughs> I've already answered it. And I'm like. Yeah, but I, I, I do try to generally just, just very, answer it very basically, basic like. Hey, we'd love to have more information from you. That way, they've heard from us, but they're expecting more from us. So uh, that's why, I, I, if I do reply to an email, I tell Caitlin back because I want her to go ahead and call them. All I did was basically to say, hey, we got your email. Thank you. I think we can help you. Um, we'll, we'll, um, we'll reach out a little further here, you know, a little bit, you know, so that they know, okay, they've heard me. It's not like my email is sitting there and nobody's reading it. It's been read. I mean, and some businesses do it electronically. Like, it's like there's an automated response automated, hey, saying that, hey, we'll get back to you as soon as possible. Yeah, we'll, we'll get back to you in the next Which I kind of, sometimes I feel is kind of annoying. Like, in a way, I feel like it's annoying, but I also kind of find it as a convenience because at least I know that there's some kind of an answer going on. But then I'm like, well, because that automated system has already responded, like, are they really, truly going to get back to me kind of scenario? Right. But, because, like, today I've been sending out emails for, like, donations for the nonprofit organization. 
right. that I volunteer with since I'm an ambassador and everything. And then some of them I've gotten, a couple of them I've gotten actual responses back from. But if some of them I've gotten, you know, oh, thank you for sending like your, you know, thank you for sending us an email. We'll get back to you as soon as we can. Yeah. So then I kind of feel like I'm going, guess in a way I would kind of almost rather not get an answer versus get in that automated system. I don't know. Look, I have mixed emotions on automated system things. Right. So I guess kind of like the biggest thing to me like was jumping, like, you know, going like, you know, literally just going, okay, guys, you know, here I am, like a manager at a pet shop and I'm like, here, here's my two weeks notice. Bye guys. Like, you know, I'm only sticking around for that two weeks, but I'll come back. If this doesn't work out, if you'll have me back, you know, I guess, I mean, I, I, I know I'm not wording it right, but like, I mean, I'm not like so blunt that I'm like, bye, whatever. Y'all right. have a good life kind of scenario. But like, I feel like that was kind of like the scariest thing. And then, like, trying to figure out, like, but I didn't just turn it in without going, okay, like, we need to, like, look into insurances. We need to look into pet business, like, you know, having, like, a license. Like, we need to make sure that no one else, especially no one else in the state, has the same name. Um, And then all that other stuff. And then, you know, I've talked to another pet sitter that you've known for how many years? Probably seven, at least seven, eight or years. Like, yeah. And so she met with me, what, about a month, month and a half ago. Right. And we sat down and we actually talked things through, you know, like what I need to do to kind of really get on board to be more like, you know, like making myself set apart from those who do it just as a side job versus someone who's doing this professionally and everything, which was, of course, getting that business license, getting that insurance, you know, getting your name out there, making business cards right. and everything. And so thankfully with you, you knew how to go about getting that business license and everything. And then I knew the name of the company for the insurance and everything, but I didn't really know how to go about that go about doing the insurances and I remember when you and I met when I was turning 26 you helped right. me choose out a health insurance because right. I didn't know what I was doing right and so like so how would you even remotely explain like what it's like to kind of figure out how to go about applying for a business license getting it like us bonded um and things like that, like ensuring that like our name isn't already taken, kind of, you know, like how I'm going. Right. I mean, you know, some of it is not nearly as as um, as overwhelming as it sounds. I mean, setting up um, a corporation, which is, is how we set up, we set it up as an LLC, um, which is a, a limited liability um, company corporation. It's, I mean, it's not, it's not technically a corporation, um, but it's, it provides us with a level of, of, of protection in case something happens, somebody tries to sue us, they are, they're suing the company and, the, and, the, and our personal assets. Especially like protected. if someone's dog try like, especially if someone's dog destroys their couch, like if you're going just to check on the dog 
And even if they know that their dog chews on the leg, will tear up their couch. Like, they'll try to find some way to go, oh, it's your fault. Right. Because you weren't there at the, because maybe like you were running behind with another client's dog kind of scenario. Right. I mean, the thing is that it's, it, you know, the, the LLC just protects us if somebody sues us. That they never really get, get to our personal assets. But it's, it's really not nearly as daunting as it sounds. I mean, it, it does, you got to know what you're doing, but it's not. Terribly difficult, and we got that, and then we went. Then I went over and, and got us an EIN, which is an employer identification number with the with the IRS, and um, and got that identification. And um, we had we had to submit some names, um, submitted three different names because you never know which one's going to be available. And um, and they gave us our second choice, which was fine. I which mean, was fine because I mean it wasn't too horribly different than I mean it was like what two words different than what well, my it, original name was. Well, actually, no. It's it, it is the original name. I mean, when we first put it out there uh, four years ago, when I, uh, I helped you set up, um, I know, like right I, I got you a logo, um, Whiskers and Tails Pet Care, and uh, that was actually the second choice I put with the state. I uh, originally put just Whiskers and Tails LLC because I figured it was more broad. If I wanted to, if we ever wanted to expand out and and sell you know, dog treats or something, then it'd be more, be more basic. But in the end, they accepted Whiskers and Tails Pet Care, which was what the name of the company was on the, on the logo. So it worked out good. Um, and then uh, thankfully the, the lady that, um, Caitlin was, was talking about who just kind of worked as her mentor and, and, and consulted in the pet sitting business. Um, she, she gave us the name of, of the insurance, uh, a great insurance company that, um, has insured us and bonded us and uh, provides great insurance for the cover Caitlin while she's out um, at, at, at employers' houses. It covers the animals. Something happens and they get hurt in our care. They, you know, they it covers us at the house here for for keeping dogs, boarding them overnight. Um, so it's 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 really a great it's a it's kind of an association. Then they provide insurance on top of that. So. Uh, it, it turned out really good, uh, a good option for us, and I'm very reasonably priced. Um, it can be really cheap if you're doing just some basic stuff like going and walking dogs, but we wanted to expand, and I was added to it so that I would be covered in case something happened and Caitlin got delayed, and I was able to go and, and cover a, a, a dog visit or whatever, or a pet visit, um, then I could do that, and I'd be covered under the insurance as well so but i mean um, like owning like a pet business like it's not that kind of scenario like you know he just said that he added himself in onto the insurance so that way in case if he needed to go and take care of the animal like the animals at a particular household for me in case if i got you know delayed with another one it's that kind of scenario that you don't just automatically assume that it's okay for your spouse or a friend to go do it. Like you literally have to seek permission before, like from that pet parent before you allow that your spouse or, you know, an employee that you like, you know, if let's say my business really serves booming, I would, and I need that employee to go check in on that dog. I would need permission from that, you know, pet parent if they haven't met my husband or if they haven't met that, you know, employee of mine, I would need permission for them to be able to set foot into the house kind right. of scenario. Like I would never just assume that Adam had the right to just set foot into that person's house. Right. But it, it, you know, so that setting up that insurance, um, and, uh, 
The next step is a business license. Here in the state of Georgia, a business license is not required by the state, um, but counties have their own little things. And, and basically, it's just a, an opportunity for the county to get money from you, quite frankly. Um, they don't provide any kind of benefit to the, to the businesses. They just want your money. Um, and, uh, and, and really, they're more concerned with businesses that generate revenue that they see. Um, but because we're a service, um, Caitlin's business is a service business industry, um, there's no taxes involved. So um, there's income tax, but there's not any um, sales tax or that kind of thing that the county would reap any benefit from. So um, it's not as, as, as crucial. We've started the business. It's still in the process of getting the business license, but it's not a huge deal. We'll get that in time and, um, and all that kind of good stuff. But, um, but yeah, all, getting all those things in place. And, but, you know, on my end, uh, the scariest thing um, was just uh, going from a, um, a, a very stable um, paycheck that, you know, is part of the family budget to, um, all right, now we've got to generate, you know, clients and leads. But we planned for that, you know, to give us some, some leeway. So we saved up um, some money for that. And I think that's, that's really important if you're going to start a business, that you've kind of given yourself that buffer. Um, so that your family's not strained while you're in the process of building a business because you know because I mean I feel like the con to building your own business is definitely having to watch every penny that you spend like and Adam will tell you like I'm that kind of person oh you my parents taught me the whole thing about like you know watch how you spend your money but then I also had some grandparents that were like here like if I say if I pointed to something and said oh hey I like that that's cool they were like, here, let's get it for you. So like, even though there was that part of me that's like, okay, we have to buckle down. This is the way it needs to be. Like we have to watch every penny we spend and everything. There's that part of me that's like, oh, let's go do it. Like for me, for example, I have a really cool freshwater tank. It's a semi-aggressive tank, like garamis, um, angelfish. Things like that in there. And what did I do today? I bought a $10, $10 angelfish. Nice. Yeah. I'm like, hey, finally an angelfish I want. So I just bought that $10 angelfish. And Adam's like, why did you just blow $10 on an angelfish? We could use that $10 to buy some food. Yeah. So we are, we are definitely different when it comes to um, how we address money. But, you know, that's true in every couple. So it's not like we're unique in that. Sometimes it's the, the man who is a wild spender and, and, the, and the wife is the very financially, you know, um, you know, uh, um, very financially tight and, and always watching everything. And so in this case, it just happens to be this in, in, our, in our relationship. I'm the one who was more tight with that and then Caitlin's more of a um, impulsive and, hey, I want this, I'm going to get it. I and am so, very impulsive. It's my ADHD. I'm sorry. Yeah. ADHD yeah. makes people impulsive, you know. Yeah, sure. Anyway, <laughs> so anyway, but it, it, that's just the difference in us. And, and, I, and I think any couple out there who's listening to us, y'all know that's true. I, you probably could look at your family and go, yeah, honey, you know that. <laughs> You're like, um, yeah, we know we know that's true. Yeah, yeah. Honey, you'll have one guy be like, well, the wife would go, yeah, you're the one that's always going out and buying another tool. Another tool. Another tool. I, I buy tools, but I don't buy them crazy i don't just go to a store and buy tools you buy tools only like the tools that you need like you you're not that excessive spender you're not like hey i want that let's go get it like yeah. i'm opposite i'm like 
Do I need it? Not necessarily. Do I want it? Yes. Like that angelfish. It's funny. There's nobody, nobody really, not many people write checks anymore. I, I, I have a checkbook and I still occasionally write a check. Uh, for something that we need to write a check for. But it's funny is that... Um, don't if, say I don't know how to write a check because I, I can if I write it, pull up an example. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that, that Caitlin can write a check, but here's here's what I'd be worried about. If Caitlin had a checkbook, I'm afraid that she would think she had money until she was out of checks. And, no, actually, I think I would be different. Really? I think I would be more conscious, like, in everything with it. We were talking about this the other day with some friends, and um, I, I was with some friends that I was talking to, and the fact that it was easier to be more careful because back in those days, what you did was you had your little register. So when you wrote your check, you went over to your register and your balance was there. When you wrote that check, it subtracted the balance. And you're like, you subtracted the balance and you looked on paper and you go, oh wow, I only had that much left. And see, that's why debit card's horrible for me. Because yeah. I'm like, oh, let's just swipe it, let's swipe it. Like, and you know, it's funny looking back now, like a teacher had an eighth grade he was married to the chorus teacher and he was talking about like how do not, he was like, do yourself a favor guys, never get a credit card. <laughs> he was like, just don't do it. He was like, and he goes on in the whole spiel about like, you know, how he got a credit card when he was in college, like when he was 18 and he was like, and I was stupid. Like I literally just got a credit card and was like, oh, Hey, I want that TV. Let me swipe the credit card. Like, hey, 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 I want like that Chipotle. Or I want like a book from Barnes and Noble or Books a Million or some like somewhere. And I would just swipe the card. And he was like, next thing I know, I'm like all these thousands of dollars in debt along with my student loans. And he's like, and look at me, I'm still paying them up. And he was like, I'd be doing good if I get them paid off in 10 years. Well, it's 20 years later, 20 something years later. And I'm going... I wonder if he's got that paid off. Yeah. I mean, it's in, and that's certainly where I used to be. Um, I mean, many, many years ago, uh, 20, 20, uh, 24 years ago, I had $32,000 in student, and not student loans. I had more than that in student loans. I had $32,000 in credit card debt. Um, and, um, you know, and then I had, uh, I had the student loans that I still have to this day. Um, and, um, but, uh, you know, because I just was a free will and, and over the course of the last, um, 15, 15 years and then nine years. So over the past 24 years, I've just, um, particularly, um, the first 15 years after all that happened, I, I just tend to started, started learning to manage my money and going, okay, I've got to address life differently when it comes to spending. And, and so... I, I don't, um, you know, I, I tease Caitlin about it, and, and then sometimes I have to um, sound mean, I guess, sometimes, and um, because I, I, I know I know the dangers of it, but also know that I was there. Um, but, of course, I didn't have a family that was relying upon me at that time. So I guess in some ways that makes me even more crucial because uh, to have gotten to where we are now, we do have our farm, our 13-acre farm, and... Um, it was it was because I made good good financial decisions I was able to do that and so now I, I tend to be very very um, anal let's put it, let's just call it what it is I'll be very anal about it because I don't want to lose what worked so hard what for so it can it can you know 
I guess that sometimes it can cause a little tension in our family, but you know that's true of every couple. So that's nothing new for us. nothing unique for us. It's, <laughs> it's not unique, but it's even more strenuous when you're starting your own business. Yeah, kind of scenario because you become more aware of like financial ordeal. Okay, so you were talking about how we got insured and bonded through the insurance. What is the difference between being insured and bonded? So, insurance is covering um, against, um, uh, you know, just incidences that happen. Bonded, um, the bonded part of it covers us against misplaced items. Like, if, for example, if they misplace it, like, let's just say the owner misplaces an item, they don't realize it, I come into their house to let their dog in and out, and then... After the whole dog sitting is over, they come home and they're like, hey, this item's gone. Right. Now, uh, the, the bond doesn't cover against um, true theft, but it, you know, it does cover against um, no, no proof of theft, but, but, but a, a client. And let's say, for instance, let's say this happens. Um, they have a, somebody who cleans their house and then they, have, they hire us to take care of the dog. And so you go to take care of the dog. Now, the, the house cleaner's been cleaning their house for five years. They trust her completely. But she sees a pretty necklace and steals it. Then you come in and you're the new person. Well, they know it wasn't their house cleaner because they've had her for five years. It had to be you. And then our bonding company would go, okay, we're going to cover the cost of this because she's bonded with us. But we're not, you know, not, not because we believe that she took it. And there's, there's a lady I used to cat sit for back before we got married. Mm-hmm. And she had several cats and a couple of dogs. Well, she even had someone that would come in because she owned her own business and she had one where not too far from where she lived. And then she had like, you know, maybe 10 minutes from where she lived. And then her other business building was in Columbus, which was a good 25, 30 minutes away. Um, and so it kind of made me nervous sometimes when I went into her house, like it's nothing against her and her husband, but like it kind of sometimes made me nervous if I knew it was like a week that her housekeeper came in. I knew her housekeeper was super amazing, the whole nine yards, super sweet. She was working to pay her way through college. But sometimes it kind of made me nervous because I was like, well, what if something in the house goes missing? Because they have valuable stuff in their house. Right. And so it was like, what if something goes missing? Even though she knew me, her and her husband had known me for a while. Like it was still that kind of that back in my mind of like, what if something goes missing? Then she knows at least two people had been in her house kind of scenario right so but yeah so bonded protection against those kinds of things um and uh, insurance is really for you know just accidents that happen um along the way so um and like i said some of the insurance covers you know if something happens in in a dog in our care gets injured um it it covers um several thousand dollars worth of of medical bills if necessary to cover um not because of of and then we do wrong, but just because of just an accident that happens. And so that's the point of the insurance is just to cover that and say, you know, so that people don't go, oh, we're going to try to come after you. Like, well, you can, but we're a business and we're, yeah. we're, we're, we're protected. So, you know, get anything, you know, can't get our farm or anything. So The thing that I like about doing this is that I can work from home generally. Like I can be at home. I can answer phone calls. I can respond to emails. And if someone wants to bring their pet to the house for me to watch, I can do that. But I can also go to their house. I can house set for them. I can watch 
you know, just let their dog in and out, you know, the whole nine yards or whole nine rounds. Um, and you know, it's, it can be relatively like a low cost startup meaning as in, I don't necessarily need like a storefront to do it, to get this up and going. And I can also, of course, turn, I can basically turn my love and my love for animals into a, a way of work. But just because of the fact that I love animals doesn't necessarily mean or let's say any of my listeners, like they're like, oh, this would be a great job for me to do. Like, let me start up a pet sitting business. Okay, guys, mind you, this has like been years worth of me working in pet stores, working at like with pet, like at, like me working in pet stores, me working with groomers as a bather, learning how to do their nails, learning each animal's temperament, like each breed of dog's temperament, doing like a lot of research about each breed of dog, like, even working in a boarding facility and day camp facility and then doing pet sitting on the side like you have to have more than just the love of animals you really have to kind of like know what you're doing like what you're getting yourself into that's the thing that people don't really realize because the thing that i noticed like when i worked in the day camp like the daycare like the daycare play group um and boarding facility was that you know so many people would come in and they would just be expecting, oh, hey, I can just sit there and I can brush the dog all day long. I can focus on one dog individually and I can play with that dog all day long. But realistically, that's not how it works. Like, for example, if I have dogs come over for a day for play group, I have to focus on each individual dog and I have to focus on like what this, like, let's say I have a beagle and then I have like, you know, like a uh, corgi and they're playing together and let's say the beagle is super like high energy that day happy go lucky but that corgi is not in that great of a mood then I have to kind of keep an eye on both of them and then do what is called in like a boarding day camp facility as time out because if that beagle is playing is genuinely playing but it's irritating the corgi then I have to be aware of it and then just kind of put the beagle off in a timeout to kind of let that beagle chill out for just a couple of minutes and let that corgi be able to be like, okay, let me just have five minutes of chill chill time and then pull that beagle back out and then hopefully all is good. And to do that, the reason I say that I would do that is to avoid any form of confrontation, like let's say the corgi like attacking the beagle kind of scenario because beagles don't typically attack other dogs or people because they're just too happy going lucky and so but i just i mean you just really kind of i mean like when i worked at the boarding and daycare facility you know there was a huge turnover with people because they would get in there expecting it to be all rainbows butterflies and unicorns and they would get in there and they would get maybe through a couple of weeks worth, like that two weeks worth of training and go, hey, this really is not for me. Yeah. Like, it really isn't. And like, what if you have a dog stay at your house and they, the pet parents bring a kennel over and the dog has an accident in the kennel, then you really have to clean, like do some like deep elbow grease cleaning to that kennel to make sure it is up to code and that's not everyone's forte 
Um, uh, let's see. Um, I mean, I th- so I think that in in starting this business, the the you know you can get everything lined up, but it it, it takes you know feet on the pavement and to go out there and 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 bring up the clients. I mean, you you got to find clients and. Unless you're finding clients who are, who want you regularly, uh, you know, on a weekly basis or a daily basis because they work and they want you to take care of the dog every day, then if you're just taking care of a dog for a, you know, a week long cruise, that's great. But what happens next week to bring in money and the next week to bring in money? It, so the fear you, is is not having that consistent right. Ordeal. And so you you um, that's that's the the difficult thing about the job is just just having to go out there and it's probably one of the reasons that I. It's definitely one of the reasons that I never took my consulting business and made it my full-time job. I, I didn't want to go find clients. Um, I've had clients find me because the people that I worked with, I did a good job for them, and they and they had a friend who wanted to do something. Hey, you can use my guy. He's really good. And that's how I found my clients, and that's how I did, did the work. And that's what I, I, I liked that. I didn't have to go looking for them. They came looking for me because I took good care of the people that I, I did have. And so... I never really wanted to have a business where I had to go out and, and, and beat the bushes and find clients. I, I just didn't want it. So I mean, I mean, plus too, like with me, like me taking like food to the vet, like one of our vet's offices, like me taking like some food from Chick-fil-A and some drink, like drinks and food from Chick-fil-A to them and saying, and giving them a thank you card to them saying, you know, thank you for everything that you do in this community. Thank you for even taking care of my own animals, you know. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. And then I put my name and then Whiskers and Tells GA on there. Like just being able to do that and then having them go, oh, hey, this person dog sits. So this way in case if we have like someone come in that's asking for a pet sitter. Right. Kind of scenario. But also too, like the thing is, is that you have to kind of like something that you've learned with doing your consulting is being able to be flexible with your clients because if they like for example when you're working on one of your clients's travel page right then like when she says hey i need to have this done i need to have it done by this time then even if it's a holiday and everything you've got to be flexible all right like you gotta be like okay yes like i'll do it kind of scenario it's kind of like you have to put i guess life on hold sometimes yeah there's been times it's been you know, I'm, I'm late into the morning, you know, early, or early into the morning, late into the night, early in the morning, trying to get it done so that, because she needed it done, wanted, wanted it live on the next day. And so you just, just move forward. And, and that just happens sometimes. And um, and so with, with clients, you have to be flexible. You have to, I mean, you have to also know, you, know your worth and you have to uh, stick by that and, and be willing to. To, to not get a customer if, if they want to lowball you. It's like, no, I mean, it's just, you can't. It, this, this is not a hobby, you know. It's one thing when this was a side business and they'll make a little, a little play money if you go out and spend what you wanted to on a, but it's not that anymore. Now it's, it, now it's, it's. Now full-fledged a job for me, like where I'm bringing in income to be able to support our family. Because listeners, guys, y'all, like most people know nowadays that like, you have that it's no longer just a one single breadwinner it takes two people to be the breadwinners to be able to survive in today's age like especially right now like with places not being able to get products in properly 
I will tell you from someone who came work, who just left the retail business for pets that like being able to get products in that like your dogs need. For example, that, uh, that God awful Hill Science and Royal Keenan, don't get me started. But being able to get those products in for customers, like, you know, it's hard between like, I don't know if it's still going on, but the whole like trucker situation, like with them like writing, like this just goes to show how much I actually pay attention to the news. But like when they were doing the whole, you know, protesting, there's a difference between protesting and writing, but they were protesting, you know, about the many different things of like the hardships of being, you know, a truck driver. And then the situation with the port people, you know, charging way too ridiculously amount of money for these ships to come up to the ports to drop off the goods that they had and everything. It made it difficult for companies to get in and everything, like companies to get in the items that they need. So everything's gone up. Right. So, um, where was I going with this? I have no idea. Sorry, listeners. I just totally went ADD on myself. I wondered where she's going. Sorry, listeners. Um, but I think we're all down for the ride. Right, let's see where we go. <laughs> where was I going with that? <laughs> I really don't know. But it's just, it's just a matter of, we do have to be flexible. We also have to realize that um, we've got to take the clients that understand the value of, of, of oh, our pricing. And, you know, go ahead. Yeah, I know where I was going. You yeah. know, like, but this is like, it can't be a hobby anymore. Like, it has to be a straight up job. Because in order for you and I to be able to financially make it, I have to beat those bushes. I have to go looking for those clients. I have to make the clients a priority. Yeah. Like, and everything. I mean, in one sense, you, you, uh, listeners may be thinking, oh, I love to work from home. Like, work from home doesn't mean that you can sleep until exactly. 11. It means you got to be up just as early as you would for a regular job because you've got to spend every extra moment when you're not caring for the client, the one client you do have, trying to find two or three or four or five more. Um, and so it's, it's you know, there's a point where a job like that can become great. If you get, you know, a dozen clients that use you continuously, then you're like, okay, I, I can either continue to beat the bushes and grow my business or go, you know what, this is bringing in what our family wants and what we need and gives us extra. And this is good enough. I mean, you know? yeah, working from home, I mean, you can work as much or as little as you want to. Um, but, like, I mean, realistically, working as little as possible is not ideal for every family. Um, especially not for this family. <laughs> <laughs> that is not ideal for this family. Um, and, you know, like, working from home, like, people are like, oh, hey, I could get so much stuff that I need to get done. Like, clean the house, this, that, and the other. Um... Okay, so I've been at this for like, what, a, a week or two now? Two weeks. And there is so much stuff that I need to get done around this house. But do you think I've gotten to it all? I barely have scratched the surface on anything that I need to get done around this house. Right. And still needs to beat um, a bunch more bushes. Yeah, I, I still have a thousand more bushes to beat. And so. But on the plus side is I have been able to go through some of my stuff and then be able to like put it in bags and boxes and send it off to like places to donate like renew our church's thrift store i've been able to do that yeah and i've been able been able to find stuff to sell on like facebook marketplace right but anyway back to our original ordeal um but you know like when it comes to i guess like 
don't know. Maybe I'm repeating myself. Um, can you, I guess, like, give us a little bit, our listeners, a little bit more information about how, like, you would generally go about starting a business? Because, I mean, you've been more of the person that have been like, hey, babe, how do I do this? How do I do that? Um, well, I... <laughs> like, we did the insurance. We did the, the name, like, business license thing. We did the bonding. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, that's, when it comes down to it, that's, that's all that's involved in, in starting a business. I mean, there's two things that are starting when you decide whether or not you're going to be a, a sole proprietorship, but basically just, I'm going to be me and I'm going to have a business. And, and two is to, to, to set it up in some way that's more, um, more concrete, such as, you know, and of course from, as a business, we, we, we set up the LLC that's done through the Secretary of State's office. And once we had that paperwork, we took it to the, you know, the IRS and got the, the EIN number. And then uh, from there is where you would go get your business license and your bank account. And um, Which I did start up a bank account the other day. Yeah. But because of the fact that I'm having you added on for in case if something happens to me, you're going to be able to access that bank account without the hassle. Right. And so... Um, so yeah, so there's there's so you get all those to set up, and then and then now it's a matter of you know you you have to to get your business cards, and you have to get yeah, and then passing those out and like finding places that will let you pass them out without them to be like oh you're soliciting like you know yeah yeah I mean a lot of places that have no no soliciting um, um, thing, but I mean you you can you can get around it, but there's also plenty of places where. Um, they do they have boards. the community boards, and, and that's where you can hang up a card and uh, hang up a flyer. And we're we're going to do some flyers, and next week, um, you know, Caitlin and I were just talking about it last night. That um, um, you know, next week, uh, this weekend, we want to have a game plan for what she's going to tackle next week and everywhere she can go. And um, and nowadays, it's a matter of joining the right Facebook groups and getting your name out there in neighborhood groups. And if you know anybody in the neighborhood who will who will. Put your your name out there in their, on their neighborhood board, um, and you know, so because for a lot of people, I mean, we have a, a big neighborhood here in the area, and like um, a huge neighborhood, and, like... and, and people people go there. I mean, I'm in the automotive industry, and um, people come to us all the time and go, "Well, I, I moved into this neighborhood, and I went to the to the, the neighborhood page and um, asked the question, where should I take my my car?" And you know. Out of the ten people who responded, nine of them said you guys. So that's what we want for, you know, for for Caitlin's business is is for them to go, you know, hey, I, I said, hey, I need somebody to take care of my animals. Anybody know me? And we want, you know, most of the people to say, yeah, whiskers and tails. Caitlin with whiskers and tails, she does a great job. Cool. That's what we need to happen. But it means getting your name out there. Some of that is like it doesn't happen until you've sat for somebody. So. That's when you got to utilize the people you know, family. Um, you got to get your family to go, hey, if y'all have a page for your neighborhood, would you go out there and say, hey, if you guys are looking for somebody to sit your animals, I know a great person is Caitlin over at Whiskers and Tails. It, it, because you just got it, it's, it's, well, we put it this way. Back in, in business, one of, the, one of the best ways to grow a business if you're starting a small business is networking. And that basically means getting out there, meeting people in the in and utilizing the people you've met to help you get meet new, new people. So, and you know, like me saying the whole thing about how places will say no soliciting, and you know, you think, well, there's people that walk into like 
you know, a restaurant that says no solicitating on the door, but yet they're wearing a shirt that's advertising for a company and everything. So like, why doesn't anything get said to them? I feel like that there's a difference between you wearing a shirt that has a logo for a business versus actually going in and going, hey, are you looking for a pet sitter? Here's my business card. Right. And so, because, I mean, it's a di- there's a difference in you going in wearing that shirt and you not going up to that person, but that person comes up to you inquiring about it. But you going up to someone going, hey, because then you're bothering that person. Like, well, I mean, you could be bothering that person, not saying that you are, but that you possibly could be. Well, I mean, and we, we have, our church does this. We have t-shirts and, um, because we do small groups and, um, has the church's logo on the front and the pocket and in the back of it says, ask me about my small group. You know, um, you know. Because it, it, it's a conversation starter. Right. And so you can do the same thing with your business. If you're not, it, it, the business may say no soliciting, um, but if if they say that, doesn't it means that you can't walk around and be passing your cards out to patrons. But it doesn't mean you can't wear a shirt that says, you know, um, uh, you know, let me love your pet or whatever. Something that, that gets your attention and goes, well, what's your shirt about? Oh, it's my business. They've asked you. And at that point, y'all just two people having a conversation. It's not you soliciting them. Yeah. And so that's, that's one of the ways that you get around that. A lot of neighborhoods won't let you come in the neighborhood and go door to door or hang up flyers. So, um, you, that's, re- but they, they, most of them now have their own Facebook groups. And that's why if you know people who live in neighborhoods and, and they're your friends and they're willing to go on those, those pages because they do live there and say, Hey, here's a great person. If you guys are looking for somebody to take care of your animals and, and that, that is, that is what, I mean, as a small business, independent small business, word of mouth is the key. That is like the biggest thing, like besides passing out your cards, like my friend who owns her own business and everything that has the two locations and everything. I worked for her for a while and I had asked her at one point, hey, why are you not putting more advertisements and like, you know, where I lived was Harris County, which if you're familiar with Georgia, that's where Callaway Gardens is and Callaway Gardens is a big garden area. To me, I like it a lot better than the Land of Botanical Gardens. Now, Land of Botanical Gardens has a lot more events, like where they bring in artist kind of stuff that goes flows with their garden. But I do like Callaway Gardens because it's much more homier feeling, the whole nine yards. So I remember asking her, why don't you ever advertise in the Harris County yearly booklet? Or, or why don't you put an ad in the newspaper? And to her, her basic response, her some like her response was kind of like the whole thing of that she was more focused on word of mouth versus I mean she had business cards and you could take a business card if you wanted to like if you were neither shop but her thing was more of like word of mouth like reputation reputation to her was everything and now like you know then I understood like I mean like I understood where she was coming from, but I feel like now that I'm older, it's been like five, six years and I'm older and I'm starting my own business. And I guess because I've grown a lot during that five, six years that like, I really see what she means by reputation is everything. Yeah. And so, cause I mean, you could be that person that's covered in tattoos the whole nine yards, but it's all in how you perform 
as a person and how you talk, how you act kind of scenario that is what can make or break you. I guess if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, that's just true of small business. It, it really is. And then if you're ever looking into like, you know, um, doing pet sitting, if that's something that like you really want to do and it's like something that you want to get into the business of, you kind of have to look at like having a policy on for like handling um, a pet emergency. Like let's for, say, for example, um, you're the person that you're taking care of's cat or dog, you know, gets sick like something's really wrong or they break a leg or they sprain an ankle or something that's like vet worthy. Like basically how would you handle it? You gotta be able to understand that you need to be able to compose yourself, have this good composure, not be stressing out because that animal can sense that stress off of you. Also too, being able to, you already need to kind of have like a plan with that owner that if like, what if something happens? Like let's say you're walking the dog and you've got a really good grip on the leash. Well, let's say, for example, because I took used to take care of this huge pitbull. Mind you, my business, I don't discriminate against any animal, but I used to take care of this huge pitbull that like, I'm like five, like what, five foot one, five foot two. And this dog, this pitbull, when he would stand up on his hind legs and put his hands on his shoulder, his head was at least a good foot above my head. <laughs> and so, like, let's say you're walking a dog that's like that. And then, of course, you know, anyone who knows pit bulls, you know that they're all muscle. Muscle and strength. So, with him, you know, like, if it's not like a dog like that and you're walking him down the street and they see a cat and they are very cat-driven, like, hey, let's go chase this cat up a tree. Or, hey, let's go eat this cat. Like, let's say that dog gets away from you just somehow some way and they book it across the street and they get hit by a car then you have to have a game plan with that like with that pet owner about what to do like as far as it goes on taking the dog to the vet like what vet they use um if the vet can't see take them in like what emergency vet do they take like what emergency vet would they take their dog to just that kind of scenario. Um, yeah. You just really kind of have to have that in a game plan. You know, most people don't think about that because there's been dog like cats, and like there's been a couple of cats with a couple of different families that I've taken care of, and I knew right off the bat that these cats had health issues and everything that they were blind, couldn't hear, or they had jaundice or you name it. And I get there and they're disoriented. They're walking around in circles. They've thrown up on themselves. They've gone to the bathroom on themselves. And here I was checking on them prior to work. And then here I am having to call the pet parent while the pet parent is like three or four states away going, hey, this is what's going on. And I already knew the whole thing like with the, um, with the, uh, I already knew like what vet they used and everything and how it worked with their vet. But I just needed that, hey, yes, go ahead and take take the cat to the vet. Like I just, you know, called them and text them. So this way there was that communication both ways. And they were telling me, responding back also in the text saying, so that way that there, I could say, hey, you know, in case if we had to go to court for something, I could go, hey, this is the conversation we had and everything you just kind of I mean there's a lot to it 
a lot more to being a professional pet sitter. Yeah. And so the ramblings of a of an ADHD or sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you have anything else to add? I do not. Alright. Well if you are happen to be in the Georgia Atlanta area, um and you are looking for a pet sitter, please go to www.whiskersandtellsga.com. That is www.whiskersandtellsga.com. And you can set up a pet uh, pet parent portal. You can also contact me on there. I want to say that there's what my cell phone number. Mm-hmm. And then there is my email address on there which is Caitlin at whiskersandtellsga.com. And you can just reach out to me the whole nine yards. I do boarding, kind of like the boarding kind of boarding, like where your pet comes to my house, or I can go to your house and do pet, like, you know, house sitting too. So, you know, like, um, also anyone who has any questions at all for us, please go to patreon.com and look up seated at our tape at our farm table and you can message us there and um anyone who listens to based uh, on itunes spotify whatever format that you listen to on please you know hit the like button so this way any of those can any of those you know apps can like recommend us as a podcast to listen to so this way we can get more listeners that would be great and it'd be highly appreciated And I hope y'all have a great night. Good night. Till next time. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, this is Caitlin and Adam here at Cedar on our farm table. So tonight we're going to talk about many things that's been going on I guess like with my especially with my life and how it's affecting Adam um so I recently just left my full-time job to start my own business which is a pet sitting slash pet care business and so we're just gonna kind of talk about I guess the basically just how it is like starting your own business like what it means and everything that you have to go through to start your own business. And so Adam here is kind of like, I guess, I feel like my, what would you call it? The consultant? Uh, business manager? I don't know. You're kind of like the, the one, I guess, like that kind of keeps everything, like, like keeps my head on my shoulders, I guess, so to say. Um... And then when I'm not able to answer emails and you answer them. Sometimes I feel like before I can even get the chance to answer any of the emails that even come through. Since you're like an early to rise kind of person. Like at 5.30 in the morning kind of person that you're already answering the emails. And I'm like, why can't I answer my own emails? And so, so um, I guess basically, I mean, I guess because you've had your own like little business. Like your consulting business. For how many years now? Nine, at least, this time around. 
at least sometime around this time of year. Well, I mean, it was about nine years, but I mean, it's not the first time I've had the consulting business. Nine but you also helped other people to look with their own business. Right, and that's what the business is. It's a small business consulting, helping people start businesses. So, um, so yeah, uh, about nine years. And yeah, I guess I, I do tend to uh, to jump in there. I'm a hey, type A person. I just uh, somebody somebody wants an answer, wants to be talked to somebody, and and uh, I know I'm calling you, and not getting an answer. I, I'm just going to reply. I'm just not going to continue to delay. And so it's just you know sometimes she's busy and just can't get to the phone and or whatever. And so uh, I want to make sure that the that people who are reaching out to us hear from us quickly because I know that's that's important because people are trying well, to make decisions. Well, I mean, I know it's important, but like you're. Like I said, you're up at 5.30 in the morning, and I'm getting up out of bed by 9, 9.30, 10 o'clock. And you've already got that email answered. And I'm like, and you're like calling me going, oh, yeah, by the way, so-and-so like emailed us, and <laughs> I've already answered it. And I'm like. Yeah, but I, I, I do try to generally just just very, answer it very basically. Basic, like, hey, we'd love to have more information from you. That way they've heard from us. But they're expecting more from us, so uh, and that's why. I, I, if I do reply to an email, I tell Caitlin back because I want her to go ahead and call them. All I did was basically to say, "Hey, we got your email. Thank you. I think we can help you. Um, we'll, we'll, um, we'll reach out a little further here, you know, a little bit, you know, so that they know. Okay, they've heard me. It's not like my email is sitting there and nobody's reading it. It's been read. I mean, and some businesses do it electronically. Like like, there, there's an automated response automated, hey, saying that, hey, we'll get back to you as soon as possible. Yeah, we'll, we'll get back to you in the next Which I kind hours. of, sometimes I feel is kind of annoying. Like, in a way, I feel like it's annoying, but I also kind of find it as a convenience because at least I know that there's some kind of an answer going on. But then I'm like, well, because that automated system has already responded, like, are they really, truly going to get back to me kind of scenario? Right. But, because, like, today I've been sending out emails for, like, donations for the nonprofit organization. Right. That I volunteer with since I'm an ambassador and everything. And then some of them I've gotten, a couple of them I've gotten actual responses back from. But if some of them I've gotten, you know, oh, thank you for sending, like, your, you know, thank you for sending us an email. We'll get back to you as soon as we can. Yeah. So then I kind of feel like I'm going guess in a way I would kind of almost rather not get an answer versus get in that automated system. I don't know. Look, I have mixed emotions on automated system things. Right. So I guess kind of like the biggest thing to me like was jumping like you know going like you know literally just going okay guys you know here I am like a manager at a pet shop and I'm like here here's my two weeks notice. Bye guys. Like you know, I'm only sticking around for that two weeks, but I'll come back. If this doesn't work out, if you'll have me back, you know, I guess, I mean, I, I know I'm not wording it right, but like, I mean, I'm not like so blunt that I'm like, bye, whatever. Y'all right. have a good life kind of scenario. But like, I feel like that was kind of like the scariest thing. And then like trying to figure out like, but I didn't just turn it in without going, okay, like we need to like look into insurances we need to look into pet business like you know having like a license like we need to make sure that no one else especially no one else in the state has the same name um and then all that other stuff 
And then, you know, I, I've talked to another pet sitter that you've known for how many years? Probably seven, at least seven, eight or years. Seven, like, eight. yeah. And so she met with me, what, about a month, month and a half ago. Right. And we sat down and we actually talked things through, you know, like what I need to do to kind of really get on board to be more like, you know, like making myself set apart from those who do it just as a side job versus someone who's doing this professionally and everything, which was of course getting that business license, getting that insurance, you know, getting your name out there, making business cards right. and everything. And so thankfully with you, you knew how to go about getting that business license and everything. And then I knew the name of the company for the insurance and everything. But I didn't really know how to go about that, go about doing the insurances. And I remember when you and I met, when I was turning 26, you helped right. me choose out a health insurance because right. I didn't know what I was doing. Right. And so, like, so how would you even remotely explain, like, what it's like to kind of figure out how to go about applying for a business license, getting it, like, us bonded um, and things like that, like ensuring that like our name isn't already taken, kind of you know like how I'm going. Right. I mean, you know, some of it is not nearly as as um, as overwhelming as it sounds. I mean, setting up um, a corporation, which is is how we set up. We set it up as an LLC, um, which is a, a limited liability company corporation it's I mean it's not it's not technically a corporation um, but it's it provides us with a level of of a protection in case something happens may try to sue us they are they're suing the company and, the, and, the, and our personal assets especially like protected. if someone's dog try like especially if someone's dog destroys their couch like if you're going just to check on the dog and even if they know that their dog chews on the like will tear up their couch like They'll try to find some way to go, oh, it's your fault. Right. Because you weren't there at the... Because maybe, like, you were running behind with another client's dog kind of scenario. Right. I mean, the thing is that it's, it, you know, the, the LLC just protects us if somebody sues us. That they never really get, get to our personal assets. But it's, it's really not nearly as daunting as it sounds. I mean, it, it does... you got to know what you're doing, but it's not terribly difficult. And we got that. And then we went... Then I went over and, and got us an EIN, which is a employer identification number with the with the IRS and um and got that identification and um we had we had to submit some names um submitted three different names because you never know which one's gonna be available and um and they gave us our second choice which was fine which was fine because I mean it wasn't too horribly different than I mean it was like what two words different than what my original name was well actually no it's it, it is the original name I mean when we first put it out there Four years ago, when I, uh, I helped you set up, um, I know, like right I get, got you a logo, um, Whiskers and Tails Pet Care, and uh, that was actually the second choice I put with the state. I uh, originally put just Whiskers and Tails LLC because I figured it was more broad. If I wanted to, if we ever wanted to expand out and and sell, you know, dog treats or something, then it'd be more be more basic but in the end they accepted whiskers and tails pet care which was what the name of the company was on the on the logo so it worked out good um 
And then, uh, thankfully, the, the lady that um, Caitlin was, was talking about, who has kind of worked as her mentor and, and, and consultant in the pet sitting business, um, she she gave us the name of of the insurance, uh, a great insurance company that um, has insured us and bonded us and uh, provides a great insurance for the cover Caitlin while she's out um, at, at, at employers' houses. It covers the animals. Something happens. And they get hurt in our care. They, you know, they, it covers us at the house here for, for keeping dogs, boarding them overnight. Um, so it's, it's, it's really a great, it's a, it's kind of an association that they provide insurance on top of that. So uh, it, it turned out really good, uh, a good option for us and a very reasonably priced. Um, it can be really cheap if you're doing just some basic stuff like going and walking dogs, but we wanted to expand and I was added to it so that I would be covered in case something happened and Caitlin got delayed and I was able to go and, and cover a, a, a dog visit or whatever, or a pet visit, um, then I could do that and I'd be covered under the insurance as well. So, but I mean, um, like owning like a pet business, like it's not that kind of scenario. Like, you know, he just said that he added himself in onto the insurance. So that way, in case if he needed to go and take care of the animal, like the animals at a particular household for me, in case if I got, you know, delayed with another one, it's that kind of scenario that you don't just automatically assume that it's okay for your spouse or a friend to go do it. Like you literally have to seek permission before, like from that pet parent before you allow that your spouse or, you know, an employee that you like, you know, if let's say my business really serves booming, I wouldn't, and I need that employee to go check in on that dog, I would need permission from that, you know, pet parent, if they haven't met my husband or if they haven't met that, you know, employee of mine, I would need permission for them to be able to set foot into the house right. kind of scenario. Like I would never just assume that Adam had the right to just set foot into that person's house. Right. But it, it, you know, so that setting up that insurance, um, and, uh, the next step is a business license here in the state of Georgia, a business license is not required by the state. Um, but counties have their own little things, and, and basically it's just a, an opportunity for the county to get money from you, quite frankly. Um, they don't provide any kind of benefit to the, to the businesses, they just want your money. Um, and, uh, and, and really they're more concerned with businesses that generate revenue that they see, um, but because we're a service, um, Caitlin's business is a service business industry, um, there's no taxes involved. So um, there's income tax, but there's not any um, sales tax or that kind of thing that the county would reap any benefit from. So um, it's not as, as, as crucial. We've started the business and it's still in the process of getting the business license, but it's not a huge deal. We'll get that in time and, um, and all that kind of good stuff. But, um, but yeah, all, getting all those things in, in place. And, but, you know, on my end, uh, the scariest thing um, was just uh, going from a... Um, a a very stable um, paycheck that you know is part of the family budget to um, all right now we've got to generate you know clients and leads but we plan for that you know to give us some some leeway so we saved up um, some money for that and I think that's, that's really important if you're gonna start a business that you've kind of given yourself that buffer um, so that your family's not strained while you're in the process of building a business because you know because I mean I feel like the con to building your own business is definitely having to watch every penny that you spend like and Adam will tell you like I'm that kind of person I mean my parents taught 
me the whole thing about like, you know, watch how you spend your money, da, da, da. But then I also had some grandparents that were like, here, like if I say, if I pointed to something and said, oh, hey, I like that, that's cool. They were like, here, let's get it for you. So like, even though there was that part of me that's like, okay, we have to buckle down. This is the way it needs to be. Like we have to watch every penny we spend and everything. There's that part of me that's like, oh, let's go do it. Like for me, for example, I have a really cool freshwater tank. It's a semi-aggressive tank like garamis, um, angelfish, things like that in there. And what did I do today? I bought a $10, $10 angelfish. Yeah. I'm like, hey, finally an angelfish I want. So I just bought that $10 angelfish and Adam's like, why did you just blow $10 on an angelfish? We could use that $10 to buy some food. Yeah. So we are, we are definitely different when it comes to um, how we address money. But, you know, that's true in every couple. So it's not like we're unique in that. Sometimes it's the, the man who is a wild spender and, and, the, and the wife is the very financially, you know, um, you know, uh, um, very financially tight and, and always watching everything. And so... In this case, it just happens to be this in, in our in our relationship. Yeah, I'm the one who was more tight with that, and then Caitlin's more of a um, impulsive and hey, I want this, I'm gonna get it. I and am so, very impulsive. It's my ADHD. I'm sorry. Yeah. ADHD yeah. makes people impulsive, you know. Yeah, sure. Anyway, <laughs> so anyway, but it, it, that's just the difference in us. And and I and I think any couple out there who's listening to us, y'all know that's true. I, you probably could look at your family and go, yeah, honey, you know that. <laughs> You're um, like, yeah, we know, we know that's true. Yeah, yeah, honey, you'll have one guy be like, well, the wife would go, yeah, you're the one's always going out and buying another tool, another tool, another tool. I, I buy tools, but I don't buy them crazy. I don't just go to a store and buy tools. You buy tools only like the tools that you need. Like you, you're not that excessive spender. You're not like, hey, I want that. Let's go get it. Like yeah. I'm opposite. I'm like, do I need it? Not necessarily. Do I want it? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> like, like that angelfish. It's funny. There's nobody, nobody really, not many people write checks anymore. I, I, I have a checkbook and I still occasionally write a check uh, for something that we need to write a check for. But it's funny is that um, don't if, say I don't know how to write a check because I, I can if I write it, pull up an example. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that, that Caitlin can write a check, but here's here's what I'd be worried about. If Caitlin had a checkbook, I'm afraid that she would think she had money until she was out of checks. And, no, actually, I think I would be different. Really? I think I would be more conscious, like, in everything with it. We were talking about this the other day with some friends, and um, I, I was with some friends that I was talking to, and the fact that it was easier to be more careful because back in those days, what you did was you had your little register. So when you wrote your check, you went over to your register and your balance was there. And when you wrote that check, it subtracted the balance. And you're like, you subtracted the balance and you looked on paper and you go, oh wow, I only have that much left. And see, that's why debit card's horrible for me. Because yeah. I'm like, oh, let's just swipe it, let's swipe it. Like, and you know, it's funny looking back now, like a teacher had an eighth grade he was married to the chorus teacher and he was talking about like how do not, he was like, do yourself a favor guys, never get a credit card. <laughs> it was like, just don't do it. He was like, and he goes on in the whole spiel about like, you know, how he got a credit card when he was in college, like when he was 18 and he was like, and I was stupid. Like I literally just got a credit card and was like, oh, 
Hey, I want that TV. Let me swipe the credit card. Like, hey, 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 I want like that Chipotle. Or I want like a book from Barnes and Noble or Books a Million or some like somewhere. And I would just swipe the card. And he was like, next thing I know, I'm like all these thousands of dollars in debt along with my student loans. And he's like, and look at me, I'm still paying them off. And he was like, I'd be doing good if I get them paid off in 10 years. Well, it's 20 years later, 20 something years later. And I'm going... I wonder if he's got that paid off. Yeah. I mean, it's in, and that's certainly where I used to be. Um, I mean, many, many years ago, uh, 20, 20, uh, 24 years ago, I had $32,000 in student, in, in not student loans. I had more than that in student loans. I had $32,000 in credit card debt. Um, and, um, you know, and then I had, uh, I had the student loans that I still have to this day. Um, and, um, but, uh, you know, because I just was a free will and, and over the course of the last, um, 15, 15 years and then nine years. So over the past 24 years, I've just, um, particularly, um, the first 15 years after all that happened, I, I just tend to started, started learning to manage my money and going, okay, I've got to address life differently when it comes to spending. And, and so I, I, I don't, um, you know, I, I tease Caitlin about it and, and then sometimes I have to um, sound mean, I guess, sometimes. And, um, because I, 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 know, I know the dangers of it, but also know that I was there. Um, but of course I didn't have a family that was relying upon me at that time. So I guess in some ways that makes me even more crucial because uh, to have gotten to where we are now, we do have our farm, our 13 acre farm. And, um, it was, it was because I made good, good financial decisions. I was able to do that. And so now I, I tend to be very, very, um, anal. Let's put it, let's just call it what it is. I'll be very mm-hmm. anal about it because I don't want to lose what works so hard what for. So got. it can, it can, you know, I guess that sometimes it can cause a little tension in our family, but you know that's true of every couple. So that's nothing new for nothing unique for us. It's, <laughs> it's not unique, but it's even more strenuous when you're starting your own business. Yeah, kind of scenario because you become more aware of like financial ordeal. Okay, so you were talking about how we got insured and bonded through the insurance. What is the difference between being insured and bonded? So, insurance is covering um, against, um, uh, you know, just incidences that happen. Bonded, um, the bonded part of it covers us against misplaced items. Like, if, for example, if they misplace it, like, let's just say the owner misplaces an item, they don't realize it, I come into their house to let their dog in and out, and then... After the whole dog sitting is over, they come home and they're like, hey, this item's gone. Right. Now, uh, the, the bond doesn't cover against um, true theft, but it, you know, it does cover against um, no, no proof of theft, but, but, but a, a client. And let's say, for instance, let's say this happens. Um, they have a, somebody who cleans their house and then they, have, they hire us to take care of the dog. And so you go to take care of the dog. Now, the, the house cleaner's been cleaning their house for five years. They trust her completely. But she sees a pretty necklace and steals it. Then you come in and you're the new person. Well, they know it wasn't their house cleaner because they've had her for five years. It had to be you. And then our bonding company would go, okay, we're going to cover the cost of this because she's bonded with us. But 
we're not, you know, not not because we believe that she took it. And there's there's a lady I used to cat sit for back before we got married. Mm -hmm. And she had several cats and a couple of dogs. Well, she even had someone that would come in because she owned her own business. And she had one where not too far from where she lived. And then she had like, you know, maybe 10 minutes from where she lived. And then her other business building was in Columbus, which was a good 25, 30 minutes away. Um, And so it kind of made me nervous sometimes when I went into her house. Like it's nothing against her and her husband, but... Like, it kind of sometimes made me nervous if I knew it was, like, a week that her housekeeper came in. I knew her housekeeper was super amazing, the whole nine yards, super sweet. She was working to pay her way through college. But sometimes it kind of made me nervous because I was like, well, what if something in the house goes missing? Because they have valuable stuff in their house. Right. And so it was like, what if something goes missing? Even though she knew me, her and her husband had known me for a while. Like, it was still that kind of that back in my mind of, like, what if something goes missing? then she knows at least two people had been in our house kind of scenario. Right. And so. But yeah, so bonded protection against those kinds of things. Um, and uh, insurance is really for, you know, just accidents that happen um, along the way. So, um, and like I said, some of the insurance covers, you know, if something happens and in, in a dog in our care gets injured, um, it, it covers um, several thousand dollars worth of, of medical bills if necessary to cover, um, not because of, of anything that we do wrong, but just because of just an accident that happens. And so that's the point of the insurance is just to cover that and say, you know, so that people don't go, oh, we're going to try to come after you. Like, well, you can, but we're a business and we're, yeah. we're, we're, we're protected. So, you know, don't get anything, you know, can't get our farm or anything. So the thing that I like about doing this is that I can work from home generally like I can be at home I can answer phone calls I can respond to emails and if someone wants to bring their pet to the house for me to watch I can do that but I can also go to their house I can house set for them I can watch you know just let their dog in and out you know the whole nine yards the whole nine rounds um and you know it's it can be relatively like a low cost startup Meaning as in I don't necessarily need like a storefront to do it, to get this up and going. And I can also, of course, turn, I can basically turn my love and my love for animals into a a way of work. But just because of the fact that I love animals doesn't necessarily mean, or let's say any of my listeners, like they're like, oh, this would be a great job for me to do. Like, let me start up a pet sitting business. Okay, guys, mind you, this has, like, been years worth of me working in pet stores, working at, like, with pet, like, at, like, me working in pet stores, me working with groomers as a bather, learning how to do their nails, learning each animal's temperament, like, each breed of dog's temperament, doing, like, a lot of research about each breed of dog, like, even working in a boarding facility and day camp facility and then doing pet sitting on the side. Like, you have to have more than just the love of animals. You really have to kind of, like, know what you're doing, like, what you're getting yourself into. That's the thing that people don't really realize. Because the thing that I noticed, like, when I worked in the daycare, like, the daycare, like, the daycare playgroup and boarding facility was that, you know, so many people would come in and they would just be expecting, oh, hey, I can just sit there and I can brush the dog all day long. I can focus on one dog individually and I can play with that dog all day long 
But realistically, that's not how it works. Like, for example, if I have jocks come over for a day for play group, I have to focus on each individual dog and I have to focus on like what this, like, let's say I have a beagle and then I have like, you know, like a uh, corgi and they're playing together. And let's say the beagle is super like high energy that day, happy go lucky, but that corgi is not in that great of a mood. Then I have to kind of keep an eye on both of them and then do what is called in like a boarding day camp facility as time out because if that beagle is play is genuinely playing but it's irritating the corgi then i have to be aware of it and then just kind of put the beagle off in a timeout to kind of let that beagle chill out for just a couple of minutes and let that corgi be able to be like okay let me just have five minutes of chill chill time and then pull that beagle back out and then Hopefully all is good. And to do that, the reason I say that I would do that is to avoid any form of confrontation, like let's say the corgi, like attacking the beagle kind of scenario. Cause beagles don't typically attack be- other dogs or people. Yeah. Cause they're just too happy going, lucky. And so, but I just, I mean, you just really kind of, I mean, like when I worked at the boarding and daycare facility, you know, there was a huge turnover with people because they would get in there expecting it to be all rainbows, butterflies, and unicorns. And they would get in there and they would get maybe through a couple of weeks worth, like that two weeks worth of training and go, hey, this really is not for me. Yeah. Like, it really isn't. And like, what if you have a dog stay at your house and they the pet parents bring a kennel over and the dog has an accident in the kennel, then you really have to clean, like do some like deep elbow grease cleaning to that kennel to make sure it is up to code and that's not everyone's forte. Yep. Um, uh, let's see. Um, I mean, so I think that in, in starting this business, the, the, you know, you can get everything lined up, but it, it, it takes, you know, feet on the pavement and to go out there and, and, and bring up the clients. I mean, you, you got to find clients and unless you're finding clients who are, who want you regularly, uh, you know, on a weekly basis or a daily basis because they work and they want you to take care of the dog every day, then if you're just taking care of a dog for a you know, a week-long cruise, that's great. But what happens next week to bring in money and the next week to bring in money? It, so the fear you, is, is not having that consistent. Right. Ordeal. And so you, you, um, that's, that's the, the difficult thing about the job is just, just having to go out there. And it's probably one of the reasons that I, it's definitely one of the reasons that I never took my consulting business and made it my full-time job. I, I didn't want to go find clients. Um, I've had clients find me because the people that I worked with I did a good job for them, and they and they had a friend who wanted to do something. Hey, you can use my guy; he's really good, and that's how I found my clients, and that's how I did the work. And that's what I, I I liked that. I didn't have to go looking for them; they came looking for me because I took good care of the people that I I did have. And so I never really wanted to have a business where I had to go out and and, and beat the bushes and find clients. I I just didn't want it. So I mean, I mean, plus too, like with me, like me taking like food to the vet, like one of our vet's offices, like me taking like some food from Chick-fil-A and some drink 
like drinks and food from Chick-fil-A to them and saying and giving them a thank you card to them saying, you know, thank you for everything that you do in this community. Thank you for even taking care of my own animals. You know, thank you from the bottom of my heart. And then I put my name and then Whiskers and Tells GA on there. Like just being able to do that and then having them go, oh, hey, this person dog sits. So this way, in case if we have like someone come in that's asking for a pet sitter right. kind of scenario. But also too, like the thing is, is that you have to kind of like something that you've learned with doing your consulting is being able to be flexible with your clients. Because if they like, for example, when you're working on one of your clients' travel page, right. then like when she says, hey, I need to have this done and I need to have it done by this time, then even if it's a holiday and everything, you've got to be flexible. All right. Like, you got to be like, okay, yes, like, I'll do it kind of scenario. It's kind of like you have to put, I guess. Life on hold sometimes. Yeah. I mean, there's like, been times it's been, you know, I'm, I'm late into the morning, you know, early, or early into the morning, late into the night, early in the morning, trying to get it done so that, because she needed it done, wanted, wanted it live on the next day. And so you just, just move forward. And, and that just happens sometimes. And um, and so with, with clients, you have to be flexible. You have to. I mean, you have to also know know your worth, and you have to uh, stick by that, and, and be willing to 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 not get a customer if, if they want to lowball you. It's like no, I mean, it's just you can't. It, this this is not a hobby, you know. It's one thing when this was a side business and they'll make a little a little play money if you go out and spend what you wanted to on a. But it's not that anymore. Now it's it, now it's, it's now full fledged a job for me, like where I'm bringing in income to be able to support our family because listeners guys y'all like most people know nowadays that like you have that it's no longer just a one single breadwinner it takes two people to be the breadwinners to be able to survive in today's age like especially right now like with places not being able to get products in properly i will tell you from someone who came work who just left the retail business for pets that like being able to get products in that like your dogs need for example that that god awful hill science and royal keenan don't get me started but being able to get those products in for customers like you know it's hard between like i don't know if it's still going on but the whole like trucker situation like with them like writing like this just goes to show how much i actually pay attention to the news but like when they were doing the whole you know protesting there's a difference between protesting and writing, but they were protesting, you know, about the many different things of like the hardships of being, you know, a truck driver. And then the situation with the port people, you know, charging way too ridiculously amount of money for these ships to come up to the ports to drop off the goods that they had and everything, it made it difficult for companies to get in and everything, like companies to get in the items that they need, so everything's gone up. Right. And so, um, where was I going with this? I have no idea. Sorry, listeners, I just totally went ADD on oh, I wondered where she was going, sorry, listeners, um, but I think we were all down for the ride, ride. Let's see where we go. <laughs> where was I going with that? <laughs> I really don't know. But it's just, it's just a matter of, we do have to be flexible. We also have to realize that um, we've got to take the clients that 
understand the value of, of, of oh, pricing and, you know. Now ahead. I know where I was going, you okay. know, like, but this is like, it can't be a hobby anymore. Like it has to be a straight up job because in order for you and I to be able to financially make it, I have to beat those bushes. I have to go looking for those clients. I have to make the clients a priority. Yeah. Like, and everything. I mean, in one sense, you, you, uh, listeners may be thinking, oh, I love to work from home. Like, work from home doesn't mean that you can sleep until exactly. 11. It means you got to be up just as early as you would for a regular job because you've got to spend every extra moment when you're not caring for the client, the one client you do have, trying to find two or three or four or five more. Um, and so it's, it's you know, there's a point where a job like that can become great if you get you know, a dozen clients that use you continuously and you're like, okay, I, I can either continue to beat the bushes and grow my business or go, you know what, this is bringing in what our family wants and what we need and gives us extra and this is good enough. I mean, you know? yeah, working from home, I mean, you can work as much or as little as you want to, um, but like, I mean, realistically, working as little as possible is not ideal for every family. Um, especially not for this family. <laughs> that is not ideal for this family. Um, and you know, like working from home, like people are like, oh, hey, I could get so much stuff that I need to get done, like clean the house, this, that, and the other. Um, okay, so I've been at this for like, what, a, a week or two now? Two weeks. And there is so much stuff that I need to get done around this house, but do you think I've gotten to it all? I barely have scratched the surface on anything that I need to get done around this house. Right, and still needs to beat um, a bunch more bushes. Yeah, I, I still have a thousand more bushes to beat. And so, but on the plus side is I have been able to go through some of my stuff and then be able to like put it in bags and boxes and send it off to like places to donate, like renew our church's thrift store. I've been able to do that. Yeah. And I've been able, been able to find stuff to sell on like Facebook marketplace. Right. But anyway, back to our original ordeal. Um, but, you know, like when it comes to, I guess, like, I don't know, maybe I'm repeating myself. Um, can you, I guess, like give us a little bit, our listeners, a little bit more information about how, like, you would generally go about starting a business? Because, I mean, you've been more of the person that I've been like, hey, babe, how do I do this? How do I do that? Um, well, I... Like we did the insurance, we did the the name, like business license thing. We did the bonding. Yeah, I uh, mean, I mean that's when it comes down to it. That's that's all that's involved in, in starting a business. And there's two things that are starting when you decide whether or not you're going to be a, a sole proprietorship. But basically, just I'm going to be me and I'm going to have a business. And and two is to 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 set it up in some way that's more. Um, more concrete such as you know and of course from uh, as a business we, we we set up the LLC that's done to the Secretary of State's office and once we had that paperwork we took it to the you know the IRS and got the the EIN number and then uh, from there is where you would go get your business license and your bank account and um, which I did start up a bank account the other day yeah but because of the fact that I'm having you added on for in case if something happens to me you're gonna be able to access that bank account without the hassle. Right. And so, um, so yeah, so there's, there's, so you get all those to set up and then, and then now it's a matter of, you know, you, you have to 
to get your business cards and you have to get yeah and then passing those out and like finding places that will let you pass them out without them to be like oh you're solicitating like you know yeah yeah i mean a lot of places that have no no soliciting um um thing but i mean you, you can you can get around it but there's also plenty of places where um they, do community they, they have boards. The community boards and, and that's where you can hang up a card and uh, hang up a flyer and we're we're gonna do some flyers and next week um, you know, Caitlin and I were just talking about it last night that, um, um, you know, next week, uh, this weekend, we want to have a game plan for what she's going to tackle next week and everywhere she can go. And, um, and nowadays it's a matter of joining the right Facebook groups and getting your name out there and neighborhood groups. And if you know anybody in the neighborhood who will, who will put your, your name out there in their, on their neighborhood board. Um, and you know, so because for a lot of people, I mean, we have a, a big neighborhood here in the area, and like um, a huge neighborhood, and, like and, and people people go there. I mean, I'm in the automotive industry, and um, people come to us all the time. and go, well, I, I moved into this neighborhood, and I went to the to the, the neighborhood page and um, asked the question, where should I take my my car? And you know, out of the ten people who responded, nine of them said you guys. So that's what we want for. You know, for for Caitlin's business is is for them to go. You know, hey, I, I said, hey, I need somebody to take care of my animals. Anybody know me? And we want you know most of the people to say, yeah, whiskers and tails. Caitlin with whiskers and tails, she does a great job. Cool. That's what we need to happen. But it means getting your name out there. Some of that is like it doesn't happen until you've sat for somebody. So that's when you got to utilize the people you know, family. Um, you got to get your family to go, hey, if y'all have a page for your neighborhood, would you go out there and say, hey, if you guys are looking for somebody to sit your animals, I know a great person is Caitlin over at Whiskers and Tails. You, you, because you just got it's, it's, well, we put it this way, back in, in business, one of, the, one of the best ways to grow a business if you're starting a small business is networking. And that basically means getting out there, meeting people, and, the, and, and, and utilizing the people you've met to help you get meet new, new people. So, and you know, like me saying the whole thing about how places will say no soliciting, and you know, you think, well, there's people that walk into like you know, a restaurant that says no soliciting on the door, but yet they're wearing a shirt that's advertising for a company and everything. So, like, why doesn't anything get said to them? I feel like that there's a difference between you wearing a shirt that has a logo for a business versus actually going in and going hey are you looking for a pet sitter here's my business card right and so because i mean it's a di- there's a difference in you going in wearing that shirt and you not going up to that person but that person comes up to you inquiring about it but you going up to someone going hey because then you're bothering that person like, well, I mean, you could be bothering that person. Not saying that you are, but that you possibly could be. Well, I mean, and we, we have, our church does this. We have t-shirts and because um, we do small groups and um, has the church's logo on the front and the pocket and in the back of it says, ask me about my small group. You know, um, you know. Because it, it, it's a conversation starter. Right. And so you can do the same thing with your business. If you're not, it, it, the business may say no soliciting, um, but if if they say that, it, doesn't, it means that you can't walk around and be passing your cards out to patrons. But it doesn't mean you can't wear a shirt that says, you know, um, uh, you know, let me love your pet or whatever. Something that, that gets their attention and goes, well, what's your shirt about? Oh, it's my business. They've asked you. And at that point, y'all just two people having a conversation. It's not you soliciting them. Yeah. And so 
that's that's one of the ways that you get around that. A lot of neighborhoods won't let you come in the neighborhood and go door to door or hang up flyers. So um, you, that's but they they most of them now have their own Facebook groups, and that's why if you know people who live in neighborhoods and, and they're your friends and they're willing to go on those those pages because they do live there and say, hey, here's a great person if you guys are looking for somebody to take care of your animals. And that, that, is, that is what, I mean, as a small business, independent small business, word of mouth is the key. That is like the biggest thing, like besides passing out your cards, like my friend who owns her own business and everything that has the two locations and everything. I worked for her for a while and I had asked her at one point, hey, why are you not putting more advertisements and like, you know, where I lived was Harris County, which if you're familiar with Georgia, that's where Callaway Gardens is. And Callaway Gardens is a big garden area. To me, I like it a lot better than the Land of Botanical Gardens. Now, Land of Botanical Gardens has a lot more events, like where they bring in artist kind of stuff that goes flows with their garden. But I do like Callaway Gardens because it's much more homier feeling, the whole nine yards. So... I remember asking her, why don't you ever advertise in the Harris County yearly booklet or, or why don't you put an ad in the newspaper? And to her, her basic, her, some, like her response was kind of like the whole thing of that she was more focused on word of mouth versus, I mean, she had business cards and you could take a business card if you wanted to. Like if you were in either shop, but her thing was more of like word of mouth, like reputation. Reputation to her was everything. And now like, you know, then I understood, like, I mean, like I understood where she was coming from, but I feel like now that I'm older, it's been like five, six years and I'm older and I'm starting my own business. And I guess because I've grown a lot during that five, six years that like, I really see what she means by reputation is everything. Yeah. And so, because I mean, you could be that person that's covered in tattoos the whole nine yards, but it's all in how you perform as a person and how you talk, how you act kind of scenario that is what can make or break you. I guess if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, that's just true of small business. It, it really is. And then if you're ever looking into like, you know, um, doing pet sitting, if that's something that like you really want to do and it's like something that you want to get into the business of, you kind of have to look at like having a policy on for like handling um, a pet emergency. Like let's for, say, for example, um, you're the person that you're taking care of's cat or dog, you know, gets sick like something's really wrong or they break a leg or they sprain an ankle or something that's like vet worthy. Like basically how would you handle it? You gotta be able to understand that you need to be able to compose yourself, have this good composure, not be stressing out because that animal can sense that stress off of you. Also to be able to, you already need to kind of have like a plan with that owner that if like, what if something happens? Like let's say you're walking the dog and you've got a really good grip on the leash. Well, let's say, for example, because I took used to take care of this huge pit bull. Mind you, my business, I don't discriminate against any animal, but I used to take care of this huge pit bull that like, I'm like five, like what, five foot one, five foot two. And this dog 
this pit bull, when he would stand up on his hind legs and put his hands on his shoulder, his head was at least a good foot above my head. <laughs> and so, like, let's say you're walking a dog that's like that. And then, of course, you know, anyone who knows pit bulls, you know that they're all muscle. Muscle and strength. So, with him, you know, like, if it's something like a dog like that and you're walking him down the street and they see a cat and they are very cat-driven, like, hey, let's go chase this cat up a tree. Or, hey, let's go eat this cat. Like, let's say that dog gets away from you just somehow, some way, and they book it across the street and they get hit by a car, then you have to have a game plan with that, like, with that pet owner about what to do. Like, as far as it goes on, taking the dog to the vet, like, what vet they use. Um, If the vet can't see, take them in. Like, what emergency vet do they take like what emergency vet would they take their dog to just that kind of scenario um you just really kind of have to have that in a game plan you know most people don't think about that because there's been dog like cats and like there's been a couple of cats with a couple of different families that i've taken care of and i knew right off the bat that these cats had health issues and everything that they were blind couldn't hear or they had jaundice or you name it and I get there and they're disoriented. They're walking around in circles. They've thrown up on themselves. They've gone to the bathroom on themselves. And here I was checking on them prior to work. And then here I am having to call the pet parent while the pet parent is like three or four states away going, hey, this is what's going on. And I already knew the whole thing like with the, um, with the, uh, I already knew like what vet they used and everything and how it worked with their vet. But I just needed that, hey, yes, go ahead and take take the cat to the vet. Like I just, you know, called them and text them. So this way there was that communication both ways. And they were telling me, responding back also in the text saying, so that way that there, I could say, hey, you know, in case if we had to go to court for something, I could go, hey, this is the conversation we had and everything you just kind of I mean there's a lot to it a lot more to being a professional pet sitter yeah and so the ramblings of a of an ADHD or sorry mm-hmm. <laughs> do you have anything else dad I do not all right well if you are happen to be in the Georgia Atlanta area um and you are looking for a pet sitter, please go to www.whiskersandtellsga.com. That is www.whiskersandtellsga.com. And you can set up a pet uh, pet parent portal. You can also contact me on there. I want to say that there's what my cell phone number. Mm-hmm. And then there is my email address on there which is Caitlin at whiskersandtellsga.com. And you can just reach out to me the whole nine yards. I do boarding, kind of like the boarding kind of boarding, like where your pet comes to my house, or I can go to your house and do pet, like, you know, house sitting too. So, you know, like, um, also anyone who has any questions at all for us, please go to patreon.com and look up seated at our tape at our farm table and you can message us there 
and um, anyone who listens to it based uh, on iTunes, Spotify, whatever format that you listen to on, please, you know, hit the like button so this way any of those can, any of those, you know, apps can like recommend us as a podcast to listen to so this way we can get more listeners. That would be great and be highly appreciated. And I hope y'all have a great night. Good night. Till next time. Bye. Bye.